0: hello and welcome to another episode of bits that bind today we're going to take a quick look back in the rearview mirror at 2022 and some of the technologies and trends that caught our eye and then we're going to look down the road at 2023 and talk about some of the things we're excited about my name is jim andrews and i'm joined as always by my good friend and wonderful co-host puja kamath puja how are you today
1: i'm doing very well thanks jim um the year 2023 looks like is going to be revolutionary for technology. We are already seeing so many disruptive trends, trends that are expected to reshape how our businesses function and how we respond in general to technology. What do you think?
0: I I agree. I think 2022 sort of ended with a lot of disruption as well, didn't it? I mean, uh, and for me, January, was really a blur uh, I can't believe it's already february but uh, the beginning of the year and and the end of last year with all the holiday travel and everything there was a lot of disruption and uh, I think that there's uh d- disruption in business and I think that there's a lot of opportunities for business to to um, to uh, take advantage of that don't you
1: yes yes i agree uh, so so what what caught your attention last year Jim uh, with respect to to disruptive technology,
0: yeah. So you know, I think I think some of the trends in tech from twenty twenty two can almost be kind of thought of as disruptor catalysts. Um, you know, we if we if we start with this term automation, right? And we at Dreamforce we heard we heard this word kind of taken to another level called hyper automation. Um, what what did you think about? Hyper automation. When this began popping up in in blogs and talk tracks after Dreamforce last year, what what uh, what are your thoughts around hyper automation?
1: You you know, um, long time ago, RPA was suspected to be the death of fragile API scripts, mm-hmm. and everybody had this inflated expectations and. Um, but then, but then slowly businesses started uh, realizing um, that, and all all of this, right? The inflated expectations, the uncertainty at scale, all of that caused the RPA box to fail. Um, and, and I've mentioned this before. I look at this like a second RPA wave, you know, the initial excitement faded, organizations now are ready for round two. They understand the pitfalls, they know what they uh, did not do right the first time and have realized that API and RPA together, You know, the partnership between API and RPA is at the heart of hyper automation.
0: Yeah, that you know, you you said you called it the second RPA wave. I I love this, and 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 you said that this is a partnership between RPA and API, and that that's what's at the heart of hyper automation. Um, and I I love how you describe that second RPA wave as a partnership because um, I remember when I got my first look at at RPA and and you know you talked about bots, um, the, you know the first. First wave of bots and how they failed. Um, I remember getting a a first look at the screen scraping application, and it was years ago, right? This was uh, back in the '90s. Um, But at the time, it seemed really cool that you could have this software scan a document uh, and send it back, you know, to a to a fax number or something uh, based on a number that was in the document. Or you know, I I was working on a lot of. gas projects during um, uh, during FERC 636 and which was a you know a, a deregulation uh, phase and they there were a lot of these ele- what they call electronic bulletin boards and so they, they they would have these bots go through and they would pull these gas prices and things um, off of these electronic bulletin boards pull the data off the screen so it could be stored in a database and somebody could comb through all that later. Um, but you know really, you couldn't connect that work outside of just kind of dumping this you know raw data in a, in a database or something. you couldn't really tie that work um, to any automation or repetitive processes or anything like that. And so I think that this connectivity to other systems is really where we begin to combine and, and prefix hyper with the word automation and that makes the whole stronger. Uh, maybe makes it more reusable, um, and and certainly maybe more long lasting. You can then begin to put those building blocks together, and as you kind of catalog uh, those building blocks um, to use in other automations, um, you know that that gives you a library of things to to choose from and um now we can start talking to companies about automating these business processes and getting organizations to streamline their operations um and reduce these manual workloads especially the repetitive manual workloads um so you know all all of that is i think going to help that second wave really kind of stand up and and uh and and stand the test of time
1: yeah and we we and we continue to talk about you know um, having an agile business, right? So, um, right. I, I I think that's that's where uh, we are headed.
0: Um. Yeah, you know something. Uh, something Mike Amundsen said on an episode of APIs Unplugged. He said one thing you'll never hear at Google is let's see what IT thinks, right? And and you know there's some humor. <laughs> there's some humor in there. I I I get it, and that, and that's that's funny. But but really. Uh, you know, as I thought about that statement, don't we see this pretty often in business? Like even even outside of Google, you know, you, you, you've got you've got um, you've got business folks that are pretty smart, and so they will, you know, they'll put together solutions. They've been putting together solutions um, when IT doesn't have time to do it for them. Right. And so they don't necessarily when they when they put together some big spreadsheet that's going to where they have a process that's importing a bunch of data and and they're reviewing that data and they're making business decisions on that. They're not necessarily consulting IT and and saying, hey, IT, do you think this is a good idea to keep this data, you know, in a various place under my desk on this server? Um, You know, and so hopefully the second wave of RPA we we'll begin to kind of build a sustainable bridge between the things that IT can do and what businesses can do, and uh, you know I think maybe later on as we kind of talk about twenty twenty three stuff, uh, we'll kind of come back to this and and talk about some of the tools and stuff that that are that are being made available and and that companies are working on to help enable this. So I really agree. I think hyper automation was a topic in twenty twenty two to get excited about. Uh, I feel like it's going to be uh, something to stay excited about this year, uh, especially as as we begin to see some tools mature
1: right also, also the fusion, I think, you know, um, identifying the best optimization practices for automated process and um, and that will definitely result in some significant impact points. So uh, all around, I think we are looking at um, Developing a agile business, increasing ROI and improving operational efficiency, while everybody works together, not just the business right, business and IT, and then and I think that's where the true success of uh, hyper automation is going to lie, where um you try to align all of your business objectives and IT objectives to the culture of your organization and to try and deliver on those points because what's the point on creating all the software if nobody can use it, right? Yeah,
0: right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so how do you, how do you make sure that this software is being used? And, and I think that kind of takes me to another trend that I began to hear a lot of companies, a lot more companies talk more about, and that's getting control of all of these API assets. Um, and companies, and especially IT groups, really need to centralize the management of their APIs across different systems and technologies. You know, as you know, you and I are MuleSoft, uh, MuleSoft practitioners, but, you know, let's not kid ourselves. There are, you know, companies have multiple, uh, have APIs on multiple platforms and in different technologies. Uh, so I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of this notion of universal API management, see what you think about how it might be another catalyst for change in the API economy.
1: So, it's it's in the end, it's all about improving business agility, right? You want to enhance connectivity, and um, APIs are the instruments. Um, APIs, they, they are very instrumental in many applications and integrations, and they're the process we uh, rely on and uh, i think universal api management sort of helps improve the organization's ability um, it, it's the composability and um, imperative right we yeah. we see how enterprises operate today um, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> if you think about it um pre-pandemic uh, the way everything was set up and uh, structured I, I don't think we can even recognize that uh, a- anymore see yeah. it's sort of like seemingly overnight businesses shifted um, and and there was um, they really uh, had to uh, uh, yeah yeah yes they Exactly, they really had to and um, and this um, evolving role of the composable enterprise and helping businesses um, successfully do that shift um, is you know uh, is what is and, and nobody thought about that before right. Um, yeah. We all knew that if automation is in your 10-year plan, then, yeah, you have to build a composable enterprise. And then people started talking about um, universal API management. And then all of a sudden, you have all of these APIs, you have composable business units, and then um, then. People start talking about API economy and how do we make uh, money from uh, from Ooh, the APIs that we have? Right. How do uh, we, we um, you know, stay uh, efficient and stay relevant? And, um, I, and I think about this, you know, um, uh, Kristen Moyer, who's the vice president uh, and analyst at uh, Gartner, um who mentioned that the API economy is an enabler for turning a business or organization into a platform.
0: Wow. Yeah. What do you
1: think about that?
0: That that's I think there's some some power in that statement, but it I, you know, I think you really have to dig into that uh statement and understand kind of what what that what a platform can give you, right? And you know so i <clears throat> i you, you talked a little bit about the api economy and it, it makes sense that companies want to manage all of these assets <clears throat> regardless of where they live because if you think about how businesses managers man, manage their physical assets it really isn't much different right you've got you, you need to take inventory of what you have and where they are and, and and what they're there for and and how much they cost and you probably need policies for how you're going to use these assets and governance on how to handle them and rules for how to secure them. And, and that's just, that's just on, you know, your, your boxes of cereal, right. That you're keeping your, your warehouse. Right. Um, exactly. and, and, and then you kind of, uh, you look at how you look at the APIs that, that are providing, that can provide like another level of, of value um, to your organization and kind of really develop a platform. Um, you know, that's what, you know, that, that's what this universal API management is doing is really, it's, it's really taking and, and, uh, almost becoming the bookkeeper for this API economy within your business, right? Like it's, it, it is helping you track all of this stuff. And of course we, we all remember Elon Musk's uh, statement that Tesla is not a car, st- uh, a, not a car company. It's really a software company. Um, and then, of course, later he bought Twitter here recently. Maybe he thinks it's a pet store. Maybe that's why it's going like it is. Uh, but you know, b- back to the great point about platforms multiplying value. Um, it's not just mm-hmm. monetizing your internal APIs, but rather it's it's how are you taking advantage of. Of the APIs that are available out there, right? That other business, other businesses may have exposed uh, to accelerate your own market growth. Like I have a company I've worked with, and they have an online web store. Their business is industrial parts, right? Like that's what they sell. Industrial, you know, it's not like something you and I are going to go out and 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 go to their website and buy. Uh, but businesses do. Well, they have APIs. That are calling other APIs in, in in the API economy, things like FedEx or uh, you know Smarty Streets and and UPS and other you know other things like that to make their platform work, and 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 it and it makes their business uh, be able to, to do things uh, in new ways makes allows them to have a business in new ways, right?
1: Yes. And and I think this is exactly the sort of industry vision enterprises must create, you know, to turn their businesses in, in, into a platform. And um and if you think about it 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 should definitely include having that concept you know wh- wh- what are you seeking to do what is that fundamental change you want to do that mm-hmm. is going to affect many dimensions of of whatever business you are in and you know the operations you're performing and and then also have this bimodal um approach to IT to launch that business model, uh, platforms and ecosystems, and, and then going back to our conversation, right? Creating mm-hmm. the necessary assets, we need to create those assets. We need to increase connectivity between those assets, and then resurface um, data so our assets have access to it.
0: Yeah, you know, you think you think that this is one of the things that's helping. Um, businesses to to start recognizing the value of these applications and APIs, uh, and and to really be able to see them as valuable assets that can that can really impact their bottom line.
1: Yes, I I, I think so. Um, you know, um, having an intelligent business process is key and then you want to be able to scale that right so you can curate your ecosystem and to ensure that the solutions you are delivering are relevant to um the environment today yeah. um, and going back to our conversation there's so much that has changed you know pre pandemic to now post pandemic and we know how important it is to be relevant to the landscape that we are living in today and and that's exactly what, what it does. If, if you have the right environment, the right ecosystem, then you can curate it to where you can deliver successful solutions to your customers um, and um, and be agile.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great – those are great points, uh, Pooja. Um, you know, one of the other things I think we wanted to talk about um, – for, for from last year, uh, is you know communities. Um, you know last year was such an uplifting year for for the Mulesoft community, and and I think that so much comes from doing things together and in person again. So so for example, you were you were there when we when we restarted uh, the in person Houston Mulesoft meetups, right? And and you just get yes. so much energy from that. And then we had Dreamforce, right? And we um, and and there was MuleSoft Connect uh, in New York. So you know all of these all of these kind of getting back in person and and even if you're not in person, you know there's still you know the the way that this community kind of lifts each other up. Um, it really kind of um, it really kind of helps to accelerate. Um, A person's ability to learn new things kind of lowers that learning curve, doesn't it?
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, do you remember the flash mob we were all part of at uh, Dreamforce? Yeah, it was uh, just before uh, <laughs> Milself. M- M- connect. <laughs> I? I think that's that. That's the sense. And in an essence, that's how we all feel, right? Who are part yeah. of the community? We are this one big family who are happy to, you know, be be together, and uh, we have a ball. Um, and we may not have met each other in person. Yeah. Uh, at at least not all of us, you know. But but still, anytime we meet, whether it's online or at an event, we we just click. So that we that do. speaks a lot. I think that yeah to to kind of sort of the environment that the community managers have created it's very welcoming it is um it, it is built to uplift um everyone around you and um, and i think that's great
0: absolutely no i'm glad you mentioned the community managers because you know without folks like uh you know Sabrina Hockett and uh, Sabrina Marshall and Mariana and Isabel, I know we're going to miss some folks, but I mean those guys. You know that the maybe we should have them on for a podcast uh, interview one of these days. Uh, Puja, what do you what would you think about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I I would definitely want to. I have um, been part of a lot of uh, been part of a lot of communities, Jim, and uh, this community is very vibrant, very successful, and I, I definitely want to know. You know what's your secret? How, what's the secret how sauce? Do keep it going. Yeah, what's the secret sauce? How do they keep it going? You know?
0: I, year after year, month after month. I mean they just it they just keep they just keep going and they don't miss a beat.
1: Yes. And and, and not just uh not just that, right? Um not just using the community to learn something, but uh, also to give back and and I love this uh Muley's Gave Back uh program where MuleSoft um, community and other leaders, you know, went to their community, the elementary schools, universities, local forums to help certify new developers and architects, um,
0: which was pretty cool. That, that's a, it's such a great idea too because it it's setting you up for the future as well when you're doing that right and it's, uh, it's it's um, it it pays dividends maybe not like today, but, but down the road and, and you're, uh, you know, you're, you're equipping, you're, you're equipping these other, these individuals to, to have tools in their toolkit that they can then go out and, and improve. Right. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that was, that give back was, was really great. So now what are the big topics, the cool tools, the integration tech, that we're going to be looking at in 2023 uh, and let's start with the new MuleSoft mantra of automate everything, empower everyone. Is this something that we're all going to be talking about throughout 2023 and uh, and if so, how?
1: Definitely, I, I think um, automation and um, ecosystem and uh, empowerment is going to be at the top of um everyone's list and uh, and we touched on it a little bit when we were talking about hyper-automation, right? Yeah. Um, so we have this uh, fusion of different things going on, uh, and and uh, right now we have a fusion of artificial intelligence and uh, yeah. RPA and our composable business units. And right. And all of these are going to create si- significant uh, impact points, I think, and... Um, uh, and also, I think uh, organizations underestimate how difficult it is to lay the foundation for hyper-automation. It's, it's not just you bring a bunch of these technologies, hook them together, and, and it's going to work to ensure the success of You mean you can't um, just like automation, start up
0: a bunch of robots and have them do your job? Is that, that's not how this I, works? Yeah. Pooja. Pooja.
1: I, I I I wish, you know. <laughs> I I I wish, but but really to ensure the success of automation i think data integration is critical um, on an average enterprises have 900 odd applications and only uh, one third of those are connected so uh, we have all of these wow. other applications with god knows how much data just you know in in their own silos and okay. it is impossible to derive insights and if you cannot derive insights you cannot take action on on, on that data and and mm-hmm. that hinders automation. So, you you need access to the data. You need um, access to the data securely. Uh, uh, and you know uh, the other things you spoke about having governance and solving all those governance challenges that hinder automation. Yeah. Um. Is is going to be really important.
0: Yeah. So I think that's great. Uh, a, a great point, especially about the automation, um, Pooja. and. You know, there's there's three um, there's three technologies that in 2023 I think are going to I'm looking forward to seeing how they evolve. Um, the first is the traditional AnyPoint integration. You know, and, and MuleSoft, uh is is refreshing this development uh, experience with the new uh, development IDE um, that will be known as AnyPoint Code Builder. Uh, more to come on that. Um, there's also flow integration, which used to be uh, Composer, uh, and that will allow you know, a lot of low code, uh, no code, you know, clicks, no clicks, not code um, to, to drive that integration um, so that it can be done maybe by less technical people. Um, and then RPA and, and, uh, and, and this robotic process automation, right? Um, that is going to be uh, that will allow Allow you to set up these these bots to handle um, handle different manual aspects of, of your business to automate uh, different aspects of your business, and each of one of those kind of comes in to the organization at a different level. You know, you've still got IT involved that uh, where they're building those those more uh, complex and involved integrations that you know everyone every company still has a need for, but then you you've also given the business, a a easier way to get on the board faster, right. To get things integrated without having to wait on the IT cycle. Right. And, and that's, that's composer or flow integration. So, you know, I think looking at these, at these tools this year and how they evolve, um, I, I think that's going to help businesses to achieve that automation that they're looking for, or, or that, that, that overall um, platform development and and uh, disruption.
1: So automation is going to be a driving force in a modern digital enterprise, and we all know this, right? We're all looking at um, investing and in building stable foundations, and to mm-hmm. extend um, a- and transform this automation into hyper automation. Um, and and I, that's sort of the underlying flavors I see everywhere. You you look at Composer, um, or you can look at the AnyPoint Code Builder. Um, <clears throat> they're calling it the Microsoft's next gen IDE for developers. Um, I, I know you were there on on that panel, uh, for Dreamforce. Yeah. You know when uh, AnyPoint uh, Code Builder was discussed. Um, so is it. MuleSoft's next gen id for the developers what are your thoughts
0: yeah i i you know this is this is taking you know they this is taking a a a development tool that is very popular in the development community um across languages really uh this is visual studio code um <clears throat> and and, it, and it's 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 making that available for MuleSoft development right um, and they're also kind of reimagining what can be done with that so you are able to to accelerate uh your development through by by using uh, snippets and and then they're not stopping there they're they're looking at hey how can we offer the next best uh the next best step right so you've you've put your you've started building this API and and you've you've uh, you've put in a couple of operations and now MuleSoft is is going to be able to come back to you and say well here's your next best step maybe you want to log this maybe you need to you know surface an error uh you whatever know, whatever you know that that's kind of that you mentioned uh, AI and and you know some of that as as uh, new technology that's caught our eye for for 2023 and and certainly I've played around with uh GPT, and I'm I'm guessing you have um so mm-hmm. you know just that just um being able to start bringing some of that um level of sophistication into that development process um it it is going to make IT you know hopefully make IT a little bit more efficient and being able to deliver um quickly and if and um effectively.
1: Yeah, I'm and I I am looking forward to that, you know, uh cross specification API design being able to uh do test and validate API functionality using mocking service because mocking service is something we all use very extensively and okay. um it, it's great that it's going to be available on any point code builder and then um Automatically implementing API logic I, I I think if I had this when I started out as a Microsoft <laughs> developer it it would have been great because this is an experience we've all had right um, mm-hmm. we we want uh, we we create these best practices we want everybody in the in the organization to use them. Um, but it takes practice. you know, we have new developers coming in and they come in from somewhere else and uh, for them to really unlearn and learn our our way of of coding and uh, adhere to these best practices, it, it takes a little while. And I think having um, having a little bit of automation built into the ID goes a long way in making sure. Um, that the code you know, uniformity is is maintained. Uh, and then that's one less thing we have to worry
0: about. I, I almost think it's sort of like putting um, um, putting a book in, in the in the person's hand as they are developing, mm-hmm. right? Like it's 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 developing, but but having that knowledge, on, you know, already built into the platform that, you know, hey, this is, this is what you're trying to do. And, you know, this is, this is a good way to do this. Um, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the book, because um We are planning to have a uh, podcast, right? Our next podcast with with, uh, the authors of the MuleSoft book. And I'm very, very excited uh, for that. That's Um, right. And and I think this is a great uh, segue uh, segue to to that. Wouldn't you have been glad to have had you know access to a book like that especially for complex concepts you know oh sure I always like like reading a book and I, I don't know call me old-fashioned but I like to have a book in my hand
0: yeah no I <laughs> when, agree. When I, 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 I like. do too I, I I love to have the I, I love to 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 have a book that you know you can kind of flip through and and it's and it's and it's something that's been put together by somebody that's spent some time doing some research right i mean the the all of the the really good books that stand up to time they've they've been they they've been challenged they've been looked at their their authors have have researched uh the material and i think that's the same with this book and i think you'll you know i think our listeners will hear that when we uh, when we do uh, speak with these authors. Um, and, and frankly, I think that's another thing about 2023, um, Pooja, that I'm looking forward to. You know, we started this conversation off by saying, hey, you know, we've got great, uh, you know, we, we were excited about these things that we heard about last year. Uh, and these are some things that we're looking forward to in 2023. I'm looking forward to some of our, um, our upcoming uh, um, podcasts uh, for Bits That Bind. Um, you know, we've got that book, uh, we've got a a book um, discussion with the authors, uh, and we also have a a discussion with the product manager for AnyPoint Code Builder, uh, Simone Gebe. Um And I'm really looking forward to uh, to chatting with her. She was on that panel that you mentioned earlier. Uh, at Dreamforce, yes, and and she's just a she's just a lot of fun, and and you got to meet her at the Mulesoft meetup that we had here in Houston, right? Yes,
1: yes, I, I loved her session on any point code builder, and I got to um, be present at the Dreamforce uh, session as well as you know um, mm-hmm. during our. Um, a meetup right right um, when she came came in so it well was she just uh, got a good exciting. vision
0: you know i th- i think that's what yes, i, I, I love about it she she has a vision for where this product can go and and how mm-hmm. this is going to provide value to developers she really has a heart for developers um, and I, I was you know i i was just super thrilled to be part of the beta uh, the private beta that that we were doing and that's what Led to me ultimately ending up on that panel at Dreamforce, which was exciting. Um, So you know, yeah, it
1: it was a, yeah, it was a very informative session and a very informative uh, panel, Jim.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got some great, we've got some great ideas and great episodes uh, coming up, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. Um, You know, we've got a LinkedIn page for bits that bind and uh just drop us a note uh anytime and uh and and let us know kind of what you're thinking about right um um i i'd love to hear from them what do you you think
1: yes yes please please do um you know or you know where to find us if you don't want to publicly comment you can just privately PMS or we are on, on the community Slack also, but yeah, we would love to listen, um, to your feedback. And if you want something specific, um, you know, we, we can cover that in our future blogs, um, future blogs, our future podcasts, you
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, Pooja, it was great. It's always great, uh, connecting again. And, uh, thank you for, Uh, for all of your insights on today's discussion. I really enjoyed it, and I definitely look forward to our next uh, episodes uh, coming up, and um, I hope uh, all of our listeners will continue to join us.
1: Thanks, Jim.